0: I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals a Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okay, today we are talking about the 15th episode of the third season, the second to last, but we're almost at the season finale. It's the Big Bang job, Beth. What did you think? Well, it
1: certainly wasn't about (laughs) the beginning of the universe. It also wasn't about the Big Bang Theory, as in the show.
0: So... There's a bomb. Yeah, and look... (laughs) It wasn't even one bomb. It was, like, three bombs. I really should have... I should have gotten on to that one. There were lots
1: of big bangs in this episode. None of them universe-shattering. No. But, you know, they were pretty significant plot-wise. And also, (laughs) I feel like I had a big bang in my brain. Like,
0: I... (laughs) A whole bunch of things suddenly, like, fell into place. I feel like something got rewired in my brain
1: because... This episode, like, it really recontextualizes the previous 14 episodes.
0: Yeah, you've been, like, saying stuff all season, and I'm like, I can't elaborate on that. <laughs> because, actually, that's kind of just, like, subtle foreshadowing about what they're about to do to Elliot's character. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm just that, out here vibing.
1: I have to say, like, I had a real theory about, I think, like, in season one. Maybe yeah. season one, like, wrap up or something. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how, you know, obviously season one's a very innate, heavy season. I yeah. was expecting maybe each season focuses really intently on one character. And then, you know, we had season two with Sophie and I was like, I'm bang on the fucking money. Mm-hmm. I was feeling real yep. good about myself. We hit this season and I was like, ah, oh, well, it's not really, you know, about any one character. Like, there's not really any you know, specific if you could, leanings
0: in one way or another. If you could call it about one character, you'd probably call it a Nate season. Yeah. Just in the way that, like, most seasons are kind of automatically by default Nate season. Yeah, exactly. And so but, I was like,
1: oh, okay, maybe maybe I was just, you know, getting ahead of myself Like, or Nate's the
0: one seeing the Italian, Nate's the one who had to break out of prison, like, he's yeah. just had the massive revelation of the season two finale, mm-hmm. that he was a thief, now he's a stick, but we're gonna yeah. touch on that later.
1: <laughs> Nate really be having an identity crisis. <laughs> But yeah, like, now we've had this episode and I'm like, oh, retroactively, Elliot season. Yeah. And so now I'm really back on that train. So I don't know if it's going to be a Parker or a Hardison season in season four. With Parker saying in this episode that she's feeling ready for pretzels, honestly, could go either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We get the return of pretzels. So how are you feeling about that?
1: Oh my God. Okay. I think we got audio of me saying this, but just in case I'm forgetting. If we do,
0: I'm going to... Wait, Is
1: she saying she wants to fuck? <laughs> oh my god! So much is happening in this episode. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that. But like, I, is she saying like is this like a hey post crime fuck? Like, is that what she's saying?
0: Like... No, I think it's more so like that she's like now ready to move to the next stage. Like, I just think just like the
1: the proposition of it is really funny yeah. because like like I get like pretzels is not just about like physicality, yeah. right? It's about the emotions and it's about the whole thing. But just like the way it's presented. She's in having that moment.
0: She's having weird feelings for pretzels is the, the line from the double blind job. But the way it's presented and then hardis is literally like, hey. Yeah, it's a
1: I'm like, are they gonna
0: are they gonna give a fuck? Like <laughs> Which
1: You know, and I I realise that that's not what Pretzels is about. Pretzels, like, encompasses the entirety of, you know, their very complicated relationship to each other. But, like, yeah, it's something about the way that it's just put across in that moment was very much, like, hey, we just had, like... You know how you have that sort of trope where it's, like, a life-or-death situation and, like, the characters with all the tension just, like, have that really intense make-out right at that pivotal moment? Oh,
0: you mean the last night on Earth speech?
1: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like... (laughs) you know like there's that like trope that gets used a lot and that's kind of the equivalent energy that it gave me and i think that's why i like immediately associated it with like physicality but like even like sort of ignoring that sort of section of it like i think that it kind of does fall into that trope of like hey we could have died just now and gone down as the biggest terrorists in united states history which hilarious that they're like but we'd be dead so who really cares like
0: not, not our problem we, we don't have to that. deal with the complications of that
1: like that interaction was just so in character and so fun and i just really loved it for them but yeah like they just escaped you know they're running on this adrenaline high yeah and so that kind of like you know what i'm really in the mood for pretzels it's just like that equivalent yeah of the we nearly di- we're nearly, we nearly about were to were die, let's make out so it's, like, the last thing that we, yeah. you know.
0: If they were a normal couple, you are fully expecting that they would have fucked there, like.
1: <laughs> right there and then on that train. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, well, but, no, but. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, like, that's the sort of, like, that's the sort of thing that you'd expect from a normal couple. Mm. Uh, Parker and Hardison are not, however, a normal couple. Yeah, no. They are very much... Icons, and
1: I love them. Icons, so much. yeah, it's a good way to put yeah. it. I love them. They're so fun, they're so great. And I do I, I'm looking forward to like the fact that they brought up pretzels makes me think that, like, maybe not going into the next episode because it's the season finale and they'll be having a lot of other stuff going on, but going into next season, I'm really hoping that we get a bit more of a focus on their like relationship purely yeah. because not because I feel like Leverage needs a romantic relationship. I don't think it does. It's it's a great show almost in the absence of yeah. having a bunch of complicated romantic connections like even- it's an
0: ensemble show and by and large they avoid the whole like oh well i like this person but they like that person but actually no they kind of like this person but oh no and then it's like yeah. well, will well they won't they did it it's like yeah like shows
1: don't have to have like no. a ross and rachel style but there like- are
0: certainly romantic pairings within the show we've mm-hmm. got nane sophie and parker hardison um who are both explicitly canon ships yeah um but they have up till now by and large avoided the whole like making things
1: complicated
0: because of those relationships
1: and like obviously there are some tensions and complications between the two characters involved but so far it hasn't really extended although you could argue like places where like nate and sophie's like bitterness to each other has impacted the cons Mm. and stuff like the wedding job is a great example that i still have issues with but
0: you know but also to be fair that is really really early Early on on. like and that's still them not dealing with their previous issues rather than
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, like, there's so much happening, but I really like the way that the relationships are built into the show because they don't feel like a focal point, but they do still feel integral. Like, the way that Parker and Hardison understand each other and care for each other is so important in the way that, like, the cons are run. And you can see it when they're working together, and you can see it when they're communicating. Like, you know, and it is it is integral to the show, but it's not the focal point. And, like, I feel like that is really nice. And especially for, like, an early 2000s show, it's really refreshing, I suppose, to have there not be, like, this big romantic drama through it yeah. all, you know? Because, like, the closest you can say to that would be Nate and Sophie, and even that is a B-plot at best. Like, yeah. it's certainly not the focus of the it's show the, at
0: It's underlying. Occasionally they bring it up, but it's never... Never the only focus of an episode. Exactly.
1: It's never more prevalent than stuff like Nate's drinking, yeah. you know, which in itself is kind of a B-plot. Yeah. Like, you know, so
0: but no. anyway, yes,
1: The Return of Pretzels, live it, love it. Um, that doesn't make sense. Love to see it. And I, I hope that we sort of get to see more of that evolve through the next season or two seasons. I'm looking forward to it.
0: I am also looking forward to the next two seasons, Mm. because they have some absolute bangers of episodes that I am excited for you to see. Okay, so I feel like we need to talk about the elephant in the room. Mm. The fight scene in the warehouse with Elliot. (laughs) It's a scene, I guess.
1: It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) It starts out, and it's pretty solid. Like, it's, oh, yeah, this is a massive moment for, like, a shift in characterization for Elliot. It's a massive, like, from the context we can get implied that for a long time Elliot has not killed anybody. Like, he has strictly been incapacitate
1: and... Yeah. yeah, this is the first time. I actually was thinking about it while I was watching it. I was... Because when he says to the Italian, he goes, do you really think you can take down Moreau? Like, can you actually? Yeah. Like, can you guarantee me? And she's like, yes. And then he looks at the gun and I was like,
0: oh. Remember how in season one I asked you about Elliot's relationship to guns? hmm Yeah, and you were like, I don't know. Maybe he, it's just like he feels like it's cheating. Oh, yeah. no. He has very specific and extensive trauma relating to guns. Yeah,
1: and I think that it's it's very fascinating. And, like, you understand – and this is, like, another, like, thing about leverage that I feel like it really, really shines is that we've built over three, almost three full seasons now that Elliot does not use guns. And it's not like it's ever been explicitly, like, laid out for us, like, I do not like guns, I don't use guns, There is mm-hmm. are my reasons, like, blah, blah, blah. But you understand that Elliot has a very strong aversion to guns and we have only ever seen him incapacitate and we have only ever seen, like, he basically, he gets in, he gets out, he doesn't use violence for the sake of violence, he uses violence to achieve an end and he will always use it in the most limited way possible. Like, he's like, okay, how can I get through this scenario causing the least amount of damage and the least amount of permanent damage possible? But, like, a gun or any kind of automatic weapon takes that out of the equation. Like, And even when, you know, he was shooting to cover for Nate and the Italian, like, my instinct was, like, oh, he's going to shoot to incapacitate. Like, I was like, he's going to go for shoulders, he's going to go for kneecaps kind of thing. Like, he's not going to shoot to kill. Yeah. And then you see the first guy drop and you're like, oh. He's shooting to kill. He's shooting to kill. And the gravity of that. Not just that he is using a gun, which is, like, it was bizarre to see him use, first yeah. of all. It's very, for the audience, it's very, like, jarring.
0: It's the first time in three seasons that we've seen him use a gun. Even in the yeah. flashback we get in the Russianman job, he does not use a gun at all. And every other time we've seen him use a gun, it's literally to grab the gun. And disarm it. Disarm it and drop it. Yeah, or, like, like he might use it
1: like the butt of it. Yeah. But he's never fired it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so not only to see him fire the weapon, but also fire the weapon with an intent to kill Mm -hmm. and not just incapacitate was so interesting. And, like, kudos to Christian Kane. Like, I think that his acting in this moment was also very well done. Like, you can see it in his face Mm -hmm. that he has put up this. I mean, he always has, like, a mask of professionalism. But I think that in this moment, it is explicit. Like, you can see the detachment happening.
0: It's very interesting considering, by and large, Elliot... Like, at this point of the season, you've forgotten that Elliot is... Like, he's the hitter. Yeah. He's the hit man. Yeah. He used to kill people for a living. Like, yeah. it get sort of downplayed because Elliot doesn't want to face what he's done in the past. It gets right. downplayed a lot as, you know, well, what I did actually hurt people or, mm. like, that sort of stuff. But he hasn't up to this point sort of explicitly said, no, I used to kill people. Yeah. But he did. He used to kill people. Yeah. Um, And that is really fucking significant because we, through the show, we like Elliot. We see Elliot. We know, like, you know, we see his, you know, relationships with the other um, crew members. We yeah. see the way he interacts with small children. We know like and trust Elliot and then this episode is sort of like that thing of we the crew doesn't know who he who he was and neither does the audience this Mm -hmm. is recontextualizing every single thing we know about Elliot yeah and it's they've done it in
1: a really really interesting way and like I've had this discussion before with people about like different medias but one thing that and I'm going to talk about Supernatural very briefly but Mm -hmm. I promise it has a very pointed reason When we were coming up to Winchester's, we were talking about John and his characterization and how, like, you know, we were going to see a young John who was John before he, like, committed all the things that make us hate John. Right. And one of the things that I was really excited for about that prospect was because I was like, no, I want them to make me like him because I think that that is going to add something to the fact that I hate him so much later on. And what I used in that moment was the example of Willow in Buffy. Mm -hmm. And we go through seasons of willow and we love willow and she's so sweet and she has such a good heart and such she's so good intentioned you know and we see her interact with all these characters and we know willow and we love her Mm -hmm. and then you get dark willow and you hate everything she's doing she literally flays people like it's bad but you look at her and you're like but it's willow and you have that emotional connection that just makes it so much yeah but do you know what i mean and that's Like that is how I feel about this episode with Elliot is I'm looking at him and I'm suddenly recognizing, oh, like this character that I know and that I love has this very dark side to him and because they've given us seasons to like him. Because in Supernatural, you start off with season one where with John and you're like, well, he's a fucking prick. And you just hate him the whole time. So there's no growth for you in yeah. that area. Whereas, like, obviously with the prequel, the hope was that we would get, we would grow to like him, which would then make those later seasons hit harder. Right. That, that was my hope, which is, you know, why I've got the Buffy
0: comparison. But then this has actually done that. It's like the really, opposite. Really, really well. It's like the opposite of night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because, yeah, if we had started the series with Elliot still working for Moreau, we would have hated Elliot. We would have had to learn to like him. It would, it would have been literally been like when I first met Tara.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I don't fucking trust this woman. I do not trust her for a second. Yeah. That's how I would have felt with Elliot. But because that's not how we're introduced to Elliot, we're introduced to him at a different point. And honestly, in the pilot, like we don't really have a context for where he is like was he still technically with Moreau at that point and he was just doing this as an extra contract had he already left Moreau what was his reasons for leaving Moreau we don't actually know any of that
0: I I, it's not a spoiler because I don't think we actually get any further context Mm um but from what I can tell the most common headcanon in the fandom is basically that Elliot was working for Moreau. okay. Um, and then obviously he did what he references in this episode of, I did the worst things I've ever done for Moreau. Mm-hmm. So basically, and that was like the last straw. So he left Moreau. And then from there, he had the failure to retrieve, like when he was working with Gutman, he failed to retrieve the Sapphire Monkey and also the Dagger of akuabi Mm -hmm. which sort of like tainted his reputation. So that's why in – and then by the pilot he's sort of struggling for money and to survive and that's why he takes the job that Dubinich offers
1: got you
0: so that's sort of so that's like, what pulls him
1: into working with the team as well yeah. rather than by himself
0: mm-hmm. yeah so that's from what i can tell that's sort of like the common like timeline head cannon. sure but like we actually don't get any confirmation and there's some really devastating head cannons in the fandom of what if elliot was actually working for moro the entire time he's been with the crew mm, yeah
1: well because that was my thought like I, I think that in the first ad break, I was having, like, a whole fucking spiral. Yeah, And because, yeah, like, this is – I am glad that we had a live reaction for this because, like, I – You spiral. Yeah.
0: I'm going to insert the spiral here for <laughs> reference so you can understand what we talk about when we say the spiral. Is that Moreau? Okay.
1: Did Elliot work with Moreau for Moreau? I'm
0: not allowed to tell you anything. You just have to keep watching. Is that – oh, my
1: God okay okay it's an ad so i can make some predictions okay (laughs) i've got to the end of the ad break Okay, so okay so elliot obviously this whole season has been like super strung out about moro like he's made points about being like no like you know we don't want to do this that whole thing where he wasn't eating and i was like something's fucking up with elliot okay Because, like, why else – okay, not only did he use his real name, but they recognised his real name, which means that they must have him on some kind of list of people that they need to be aware of or they just know him because he has, like, a name in, like, criminal underground kind of thing, which would make sense. But weird that the bodyguards immediately know, like, the guards immediately know, which makes me think that maybe Moreau – has tipped them off about certain people, right? Or maybe he has clearance to get past them. But then they should ask for an ID. But then, I mean, that's not going to really gonna work. They're criminals. They all know that you could fake ID. I'm spiraling.
0: You are rapidly spiraling, and you've got to the end of the advert right? Fuck. Stop spiraling. <laughs> I think we've got, I got like another ad. Too. Okay. Yeah.
1: I've got, like, 20 seconds. Okay, here's the thing. I think that, okay, Elliot has to be personally known to Moreau. Like the others aren't maybe known to him, but not personally. Yeah. Like Elliot clearly has a personal mm-hmm. connection, which gives him more reason to be worried about Moreau. Take like being more vicious, you know, or like putting the it might put the others at
0: additional risk that they don't fully understand. You're really spiraling, you know that, and I'm not giving you any answers. <gasps> because we're like five minutes away from just fucking getting them.
1: Okay, but I'm. My brain is going a million miles an hour and I'm watching some stupid ad about a lady flying through pink clouds. I don't care. (laughs) Tell me about Elliot. Careful responsibly. Oh my god, this ad break is lasting forever.
0: (laughs) That's a cute dog though. So to summarise, basically you think either... Elliot's so well known and has maybe gone against Moreau or something and he's known that way or like because he actually knows Moreau. I think he knows Moreau somehow. Some I think maybe they used to work together or something. Wow, that was such a spiral. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
1: but like, I think like a lot of the season I've been saying how I'm like frustrated because I, I just, I know that there is a plot there. Yeah. And I'm trying to see it, and I know that they're putting clues in, but the thing is that they're the kind of clues that will only make sense in retrospect. And, like, as soon as the second that Elliot gave his real name, Mm -hmm. that was the clue that I needed that made everything else, like, make sense. I was like, oh, oh. And then suddenly everything was clicking together. And I was like, okay, so there's basically only two options. Either Elliot used to work for Moreau, or Elliot is somehow otherwise known to Moreau. But, like, they were the only two, right? And it makes sense that Elliot used to work for Moreau. It makes sense with his characterization. It makes sense with his, like, you know, reluctance to talk about his past. It makes sense with how
0: shifty he's been all season. It makes sense with him not fucking eating. And, like, I don't know... Yeah, and by the way, I never even noticed that he didn't eat. Yeah. Like, I, that's something that I'd never spotted because mm. I just wasn't watching that closely ever before. And then you were like, oh, it's weird that he's not eating. I'm like... Yeah, I was so certain that that had to be something. I was like, okay, I guess it's my turn to gaslight a little bit you.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and how did that make you feel, Jamie?
0: <laughs> See... My issue is it's not big enough. Like, I need to gaslight you more severely. Okay, I'll try to make some more insane
1: kind of random tapes. But, like, it's nice to know that that, like, honestly, like, that for me was the one thing this season where I was like, I genuinely cannot figure out why they did that. Because it had to be intentional. But I couldn't figure out what the intention was. I'm like, something's up with Elliot. Yeah. Like I know something's up with Elliot, but I
0: I have no and context also, for what. If you remember, in the second half of season two, there were those episodes where Elliot was being kind of like creepy and predatory, and you were mm-hmm. like, "This is really weird." This is what they normally do to villains to make them more villainous. Yeah, and I'm sitting here going, "Oh yeah, we're about to hear." season three aka Elliot's villain arc Elliot's villain arc so I was like I don't know if it's necessarily like intentionally tied in but like if you view the show as a whole Mm. it certainly does lend weight to like and it's it's a really subtle way of hinting oh actually no Elliot's going to be not the villain next season but Everything is not as it seems. Yeah. Yeah, and I do
1: think that that's really, really interesting. I am so fucking glad that the food thing ended up meaning something, because I was so, so certain about that.
0: Yeah, I know. And, like, again, I have never, like, I would say it's intentional. Like, yeah, there is no it way it has to be. It has to be. There is no way that it's not intentional, and so that's why I was trying to feel like, oh, do you think that maybe, like, just Elliot's more worried than the rest of the team? And, and you know he, what he is? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, he's not eating because he's anxious. And, like... Because he knows that this family he's built... Because he's scared to tell them. Yeah. He thinks that this might be the straw that broke the camel's back. This might be the thing that finally loses him, his found family. Yeah. Like, he's so terrified of losing the team Mm -hmm. that instead of telling them the truth, because he's worried that telling them the truth would lead to to them leaving him, that he actually puts them in more danger by not telling them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Elliot is in such a complicated position right now because he
1: knows that because of his former association with Moreau, the team is at risk. Yeah. Right? Because now they're on Moreau's trail, and the problem is that not only do he and Moreau have, like, a personal connection, that doesn't just mean like, oh, Moreau knows how Elliot works, which puts them at Mm -hmm. risk. It doesn't just mean, like, oh, Moreau, you know, has more of, like, an insight. It actually means that if they have any part of their con that relies on someone not recognising Elliot, yeah, That doesn't work, you know? Like, if they get any wins, like, you think that people aren't, you think Moreau isn't actively trying to track Elliot? Yeah. To know what he's up to as a person who used to be part of his most inner circle? Like, he would be stupid not to, and Moreau is clearly not stupid.
0: And also, if we look at the King George job, Elliot never interacts with Keller, because Keller would recognise Elliot. And, like, it's these little things of, like, they've just built it in over the season. And, like, you don't even notice yeah. that he doesn't interact with Keller and the kids Because why would you? Because why would you? Yeah. Elliot doesn't normally interact with them anyway, but Elliot only interacts with the henchmen
1: mm-hmm. who yeah. aren't
0: going to recognise him. Yeah. So it's, like, it's just built in.
1: And he's in this, this such a tricky position where if he stays and he doesn't tell the team the truth, he is putting them at increased risk. If he leaves... And doesn't tell the team the truth, like if he just nopes out of there, yeah. right? He is Cascading. leaving them cascoded, he is leaving them so fucking vulnerable and wide open, right? Yeah. But if he tells them if he tells them, do they walk away from him, which not only would be emotionally devastating for him, yeah. but would leave them open wide vulnerable. Yeah. You know, so he's in this position where what the fuck do you do?
0: It is a his, lose, lose, lose. In his brain, the solution of tell them the truth and then they work through it together is something his, – his little abandonment issues can't deal with that. Oh, yeah. Like, they his abandonment issues don't let him see that as a possibility. Mm,
1: yeah. It's – like, I know that you keep telling me, like, oh, Elliot and Dean are, like, mm-hmm. you know, coded. and. Yeah. I, I, I was like, yeah, I kind of see it. This episode, mm-hmm. I fucking see it. Because it's the same. Like Dean's number one fear is people leaving him. Yeah. Like that abandonment. If, if you
0: put Dean in the same situation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Dean would do the same thing. Yeah, that likely. Ellie does. Likely a very similar thought process.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. and so it's it's so fucking interesting. And honestly, kudos to the writers, kudos to the whole creative team. Because like this episode, it like it does that really, really good thing in media where you have a reveal that is like, oh my god, I can't believe this, because it is a dramatic reveal. But it's a dramatic reveal that isn't just shocking because it makes no sense. It's a dramatic reveal that is shocking in the way that it makes so much sense. And that, for me personally, is the better of those two options. Yeah. Like, if you give me a sudden reveal where I'm like, okay, that came out of literally fucking nowhere, then it's bad, because you haven't... It doesn't make sense. It's not well written into the show. It's not incorporated. You give me a reveal like this where it recontextualizes everything but in a way that adds depth and, like, adds something to the character and just makes the whole thing so much more, like, rich. Because that's, this that's has what has want.
0: intentionally baked in all season. Yeah. And then, like, you can even see it when when Nate tells them that they're going after Moreau. Mm-hmm. If you look at their reactions, you can see how Elliot and reacts. Elliot was
1: against it from the get go. Yes. Elliot
0: immediately was
1: on the offensive like no, like Moreau is too much, like we cannot take him on. And like when you go back and you look at that now, you're like Fuck, because Elliot isn't just arguing for the safety of the team. He's ask, he's arguing for his own safety. He's like, we cannot go after Moreau because that's going to expose me. That is going to expose my past to you guys, and I can't lose you. Not in just the sense of, if you guys go up against him, he may kill you. It's if we go up against him and I have to tell you the truth about me, you might choose to walk away from me. And neither of those are acceptable possibilities for him.
0: And it's also really encapsulated in the scene where he's telling the, like his, his hands forced by Hardison. He mm. says, no, you have to tell them. Yeah. And he goes, you think you know what I've done? You don't. The worst things I ever did, I did for Moreau. Yeah. And Parker asks him, well, what did you do? And he says, don't, don't ask me. me that, Parker. Because if you ask me, I'm going to tell you.
1: Yeah. That
0: actually, like,
1: I don't think there is a reaction from me on the audio because I think I was just deadly silent. Yeah. Because that line just wrecked me. Like, it's one of those ones where he's being very honest with her. He's saying, if you ask me, I will tell you. I'm not going to lie to you. But... But I really don't want to tell you, so please don't ask me.
0: And don't make me dig up that part of my past. Yeah. And also don't make me change your
1: perception of me. Yeah. Like, don't make me warp that. And that is heartbreaking because it also puts him in a position where, like, He's so scared that if he tells them the truth about what he's done and who he was, that they will want nothing to do with him. Mm. But that means that he literally can't tell anyone. And like, he is just completely holding it in and is refusing to divulge it because, well, who's he going to divulge to? Yeah. A fucking therapist? <laughs> That's not how that works, you know? And so, yeah, it's just – it's it's a lot, but it is – very, very well done. Very well done.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we get the lube scene.
1: Oh, my God. And then that's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my fucking it life. It comes
0: off of this massive, impactful, like, Elliot's choosing lethal the violence yeah. again and guns again to protect the team and take down Moreau. Yeah. And it's
1: such a serious scene. You have like this implication of like taking down Moreau is worth more than Elliot's personal morals. Like, yeah. you know, like he is literally willing to put aside his moral compass and his if it means roles. taking yeah. down Moreau.
0: And that is such a huge thing for this character. And then like it it's it's a really good scene. It has the one moment where you're like, "Oh, Like, I'm pretty sure that's just cardboard box and you would be dead right now. (laughs) But, like, you can look past it. It's TV. Like, sure. Maybe
1: maybe it's a cardboard box full of Kevlar. Like, Like, we don't know. (laughs) We don't know what's in that box.
0: And then we get the slow motion where he just walks out and stands there and nobody shoots him for some reason. It just makes
1: no fucking sense. Like, it just, and I get it like, you know, dramatic effect or whatever the fuck. A significant
0: emotional moment. And then we get the ridiculous double cock of the gun. Oh god. And then he starts running. And at no point does anyone shoot him. And then he jumps onto his knees and slides through the convenient aviation loom and shoots everyone as he's doing the mattress thing with the bullets coming it's, across above him. It's so stupid. Like, do you remember
1: when uh, we had, like, the laser grid or whatever and Park is, like, flip-flopping yeah. through it? And I was like, that's ridiculous. There is no, like, I was like, I, uh, my belief is no longer suspended. Same. Because they have now canonized that Elliot Spencer sliding on his knees across concrete through loop is faster than the speed
0: of a bullet. <laughs> and I can't. To be I fair, can't. I don't think, I don't think that's what it's <laughs> implying. I, that's not the reading I got.
1: That is but it 100% does look fucking ridiculous. It's so stupid. It is so, it literally is the matrix but worse and that is saying something because i don't like the matrix
0: and it's so we, we get all of that and then that's just the most ridiculous thing of it and then it's immediately like it's like emotional whiplash because you go from that ridiculous stretch of a scene to elliot's confrontation with chapman yeah and it's like what the fuck like i was watching a fucking action comedy a moment ago he's sliding through lube I- like <laughs> what is
1: this the set of Supernatural? <laughs>
0: and then we get the absolutely heartbreaking scene of Chapman going I thought you said you didn't like guns. Mm. Elliot goes I don't goes bang 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 he's dead headshot heartshot fully dead on the ground mm-hmm. and he said doesn't didn't I didn't say I didn't know how to use them. Yeah, which is just which is true. Which is very true. Like he is very good with guns. Um as is probably not surprising for you. No. No but, not at all. Yeah. So if like it's weird. It's a weird, whip flashy thing because yeah. I think actually a lot of this episode is really solid, holds up really fucking well. The tension is palpable. The tension is so good, but we just have that fucking scene. It's a just ridiculous. Like it's it and, is like I would say I'll put the live audio reaction here, but I'm pretty sure our audio reaction is just laughing because <laughs> it is absurd. Yeah, it's I and actually and like, Jamie get me wrong, it's cap and I love it, but like also it's fully absurd.
1: Jamie did give me a little caveat. She literally said to me like, "Now, I'm just going to let you know ahead of time. We're about to get a scene with Elliot. I recognize it's not that good." <laughs> like, it was something to that effect. And I was like, "Okay, like not entirely sure what you were meaning." And then we saw it and I was like, "Oh, okay. I'm so glad that you warned me actually. <laughs>
0: Because, here's the thing, the implications of that scene, mm. incredible. Mm. Yeah. The scene itself. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and it starts out so good, it has that, like, three minutes of fucking ridiculousness. Yeah. And then it's so good again. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's what they did. I have no idea. I have no idea.
1: And, like, the thing is, you they... Had the opportunity to set it up to be that same, like, intensity. And, like, do you know what I actually think? The reason that it... Like, it is just silly and funny and, like, you know, whatever. I think the thing that gets me is that it
0: clearly was supposed to be very
1: cool. And it just isn't. It It just looks dumb.
0: But the other thing... They would have been better off doing something that really showed off, like, sort of tacticians. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sort of, like, him going, like, between crates and, like, picking Mm -hmm. people off one One by by one. Until he, like finally has like Judge chapman yeah and then they have that scene exactly rather than the
1: whole like the it's i think not only is it like just ridiculous to it watch it kind of
0: gives me i'm like you know like stormtroopers can't aim for oh my god vibes? yes yeah yes it gives me those sort of vibes
1: like the thing is not only is it just ridiculous to watch but i also feel like it was like bearing in mind this is an episode which totally turns the character of Elliot upside down yeah right it felt out of character. Yeah. Cause I'm like, it looks like he's showing off.
0: Yeah. It looks like
1: Yeah, it like it just looks silly. It looks like he's having like a rock star moment. Mm-hmm. But this is not like this would have been the perfect opportunity to show us stone cold, yeah. like precision killer Elliot Spencer.
0: Rather than I'm doing a backbend on Lube and going so fast the bullets aren't hitting me, but instead they're killing the dude opposite the dude who's trying to shoot me. Yeah. Do you
1: know what I mean? Like, I just really wish that we had had from that moment when he picks up the gun. Just absolute stone cold Elliot Spencer. Yeah. I am a killing machine. I feel nothing. Practical do you know what I, only. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see him wasting bullets no. because that is not tactical. I want him to, I want to see him taking every single shot with precision. You Until know. Until Chapman. Until and then Chapman. Chapman
0: is the last one. He has extra bullets. He can shoot him four times to make sure he's dead.
1: Yeah. And then like that point as well, that like pointed loss of emotional control. And the multiple shots yeah. hits way harder because you haven't just had a scene of him sliding on his knees across the floor shooting at random. You know what I mean? Like, I
0: think that, unfortunately, they really missed an opportunity. They were like, this is a cool idea. And they went so hard in on that cool idea that they lost some of Elliot's characterization along the way.
1: Yeah. Which, as, like, as silly as the scene is and, like, as enjoyable it is as it is to laugh at, Yeah, you know, I do think they missed an opportunity. And I understand leverage usually is quite has like quite a bit of levity.
0: Yeah. This episode, there was much less of that for obvious reasons. But I've, also, we do get like a decent amount of levity, mainly in the form of trash man Damien Moreau coming in in the bathrobe and flip-flops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the only way it could have been more iconic is if he was wearing Crocs. But like, I guess... I can't tell if that scene, like, that moment was supposed to add some kind of levity. Because yeah. we did laugh
0: at it. But the problem is, I think we were laughing at it because it was bad. Yeah, I I don't think that was meant to be comedy. Yeah. Like, I, so I, I think that is played, you know how a lot of, like, the first season of Supernatural, I'm like, this shit is so bad, but they're taking it with the utmost seriousness? Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That's what the scene is to me. It's like, this is meant to be played completely straight. Yeah. But it's just so fucking camp. Yeah, like it is. It is ridiculous on every, every level. level. And so I think that, like, while it does add a
1: levity, that this episode yeah. like is lacking kind of in some other areas. I, I do think, think yeah. that it is unfortunate that this is where they chose, chose to add
0: levity because it
1: does, I think, detract from that. Like, we are supposed to be seeing a new side of Elliot, mm. and I don't think that what we saw is base is really what they were trying to get across. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's, like, here's the thing, though. As I said earlier, we get a lot of levity in the form of Damien Morrow. But Mm. we've also got, like, Parker and Hardison out here giving us, like, comedy goals. Yeah. Like, they are, like, the whole, like, oh, am I going to hate it thing?
1: Yeah, very fun, very Very cute. funny.
0: I love the way it comes back and, like, you know, Parker's like, am I going to hate it? And Hardison's like, no, no but I, I will.
1: will. You know, like, And we also get Sophie driving like a fucking maniac. Parker loving it. But also, like, Sophie, didn't you retract Parker's life? Like, like, you were like, right Parker's line. When... And Hardison being like, you're loving this. And Sophie's little grin. Like, yeah, like, beautiful, you know? Like,
0: they they can have the liberty. That's okay. But I don't know. Like, I just... Look, I think we actually need to talk about more. I mm. feel like we've sort of hip-hopped around him. We have. But we do actually need to talk about remora. So, for reference, we just had... Not to date when we're recording this. A couple of weeks <laughs> ago, we had the leverage favorite mark poll on tumblr going around yeah we got our results hurley my boy won <laughs> obvious reasons he is an icon i love him damien moreau came second yeah as a villain people love more mm. i think it's obvious why hey eh? yeah. he's a sassy little man <laughs> he kind of fits into like the poor little meow meow category as well like in terms of his characterization um, and you'll see a bit more of that next I was going to say, I don't
1: know if I get poor little meow meow vibes from him, but I'll, re- I'll you know, yeah. withhold my final opinions on that until I've seen the end of his character up.
0: We, yeah, we, we get him, he very clearly knows Elliot. And he knows Elliot beyond just, like, oh, this was my employee. Yeah. Like. They were clearly close. They were clearly close. And we get his, like, his, like, sassy little, like, I love the hair, though.
1: Yeah. Like, the white
0: hat doesn't suit you. But the hair. Yeah the hair suits you like you know even him just being like oh no he prefers beer yeah like there's a familiarity there there's a familiarity there he's stinky little garbage man and
1: i feel like actually as a credit to morrow which is a wild thing for me to say yeah. but i think that he is using that level of familiarity specifically to get under elliot's skin
0: oh yeah 100 this is like this dude is calculated yeah like this dude is not There's no... It's not an accident that he's throwing Elliot off like this. Like, Mm -hmm. it is every single... It's intentional. It's designed Mm -hmm. that way because he knows that I am assuming when Elliot left it was not under good...
1: Yeah, not on good terms. Not on good
0: terms because, like, let's face it, you don't leave Moreau's company on good terms. Like, that is not... The fact that Elliot
1: is alive is either a testament to Elliot's just ability to evade... Being killed. Yeah. Or is a testament to the fact that he and Moreau were on such good terms before he left that Moreau was like, you know what? Let him go. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's gonna be one of those two. Yeah. Because there is no way, like I said before, like he was so close to Moreau and so part of that inner
0: circle. He is a huge liability. Yeah. Remember when you were saying, like, oh, I think the Italian might be part of Moreau's inner circle or previous? Yeah. And I was sitting there going, yeah. I wonder who could have been previously part of Moreau's inner circle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wild. Wild times on the leverage. Also across. I wasn't super
1: wrong. Like she was there. She was indeed yep. cover as one of the Bimbos. Bimbos? I like I feel I don't like We're reclaiming the term. I, I was gonna say, I feel like I don't like using the term, but like I like she was one of like the pool girls and what okay, here's here's one thing. While we're talking about Moreau. I feel like he is a very good villain. Mm-hmm. He feels very threatening. He has that cool, calm composure, which is honestly scarier than when people, like, yep. are yelling and, like, you know, being like, oh, I'm so big and tough. Like, the way that he is so confident in his ability to get away with what he's doing and, like, you know, the calmness with which he throws Hardison into the pool. And like
0: also just, like, he's, you can tell that he's always thinking, like, six steps ahead.
1: Yeah, he knows he's, his 17 backup
0: plans. Like, like that last scene where like you know nate's like oh well you know the bomb and he's like i never had a bomb like he's already planning ahead like oh this might be a setup to try and catch me out saying something incriminating like
1: yeah exactly you know and so first of all it's actually we'll get to this in a moment but seeing him and nate have that conversation was fucking fascinating but One thing that I will say about Moreau is that they have really, really leaned into, like, the villain tropes Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, the notorious billionaire. Like, he's got the private jets and he's got the red carpet and he's got the mostly naked women hanging around drinking champagne. And they're in, like, you know, their secret underground cabin that's got a pool in it, you know, kind of thing. And I do think that it is a little cartoonish. Yeah. And I understand that like leverage is a bit of like a, a silly fun campy show. So I don't think yeah. that it it I don't think it's out of place. It but was, it is one thing that I will say it's a lot. he does feel a bit like a cartoon villain. Yeah. And that for me does detract just a little bit. Because I have to think that a person who is actually in this kind of position doesn't just have 12 mostly naked women hanging around him all the time. Yeah. That just seems a bit Silly, you know? Especially, like, around while they're doing that kind of business. Because yeah. the, it opens up for the possibility of someone like the Italian to break into those ranks. Yeah. Like,
0: and also, like, the more people that you have to witness any crimes you commit, like... To be fair, though, I think in the pool scene, they weren't meant to be conducting any criminal business. Mm. Elliot and Hardison sort of just crushed the party. I guess so. But I
1: just... I don't know. It, it For me, it does make him feel a little cartoonish. Yeah. Just a little. Just a smidge. And, like, it's just that slightly over the topness,
0: Which, yeah. like I say, I don't think it's out of place. No, not in leverage. But. Yeah. It, like, that's your opinion.
1: Yes. And I am, unfortunately for everyone else, entitled to it.
0: <laughs> Though we do need to talk about the pool scene.
1: Okay, yes. We
0: have talked c- circles around yes. Elliot characterization of this episode we need to talk about the pool scene. yeah like clearly yeah do you
1: have thoughts other than yeah here's the thing i okay. know that it's a scene about elliot yes i know that but we have to take a moment to appreciate hardison's commitment to that french accent because he nearly fucking died. And he climbed out of that pool, sopping wet, by the way, taking that fucking sopping handkerchief out and dabbing his face with it as if it was going to do anything. Hilarious. Iconic. I love that moment for him.
0: Alesson's and and then- commitment to the beat is unparalleled. Yes.
1: And then flawlessly in the same accent from before, like calmly like, what should I go and tell my employer? I was like so...
0: Also, the character development in that scene alone. Mm -hmm. Remember the Scheherazade job?
1: Mm, He literally
0: sees a violin and he almost breaks character. He gets fucking almost drowned. Yeah. And he manages to stay in character this week, ladies and gentlemen. That is growth.
1: It really is. But, like, it, it was so good. Like, Hardison, I was so impressed by... He has really come so far, you know? Like, even if you compare this scene with, like, when he got kidnapped by Russians a season ago. You know, like...
0: Yeah. It's just so... The French accent is still ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The ac- I'm not
1: saying the accent was good. The accent is bad. I'm just... saying but... His commitment to it was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I I really think that we have to, you know, take note of that. Also, I did have one small issue with the way that Hardison got out of this scenario, which is the keys get tossed into the pool. Hardison, who is fighting for his life, literally only survived because of somehow he got air out of a chair or some shit, yeah. right? There is no way that he, A, hears the keys enter the water and hit the ground near him, B, can see them clearly, or C, has the awareness to grab them in one go and then – there is no way.
0: Also, the fact that they just happen to land – Conveniently within arm's reach. (laughs) (laughs) It is very convoluted. I do love it, but it is very convoluted. Like, it is – like, I would, if I was in, if I was hardened, I would not. I would like
1: have not, died. Straight un, up. Un,
0: unless the keys landed directly on me. Yeah. I don't know there's keys there. Like, yeah. I my eyes are shut. Like, oh, exactly. I am not opening my eyes in a pool. Like, the thing
1: is, even if I did open my eyes in a pool, I wouldn't be able to see shit. Nah. My vision is immediately so blurred.
0: Like, I don't know how the fuck he unlocks the. I think it's because they're, like, the old style keys. So, they're very, like, you know, like, they're not just, like, a. Like a house like it's yeah. very obvious which way they go. Yeah. Because kind of, of the thing. style of the key they are. But still, but it's still even try I to find the whole, like, like,
1: yeah. Anyway, so all of that out of the way. Getting back to Elliot and to Moreau.
0: And the fact that he made a tactical decision to take Hardison with him instead of any other member of the crew. Because it is Elliot who decides me and Hardison will go and hit Moreau and get an invite to the thing. Yeah. And this is very, like, strategic on Elliot's part mm. because he knows that of the crew, Hardison is the most likely to like he can overpower Elliot the most easily. And I don't mean physically, I mean more so in like he can just go, Hardison, follow my lead, and Hardison is the most likely to. to yeah. Because Sophia will try to take control of the situation, Nate will try to take control of the situation, and Parker isn't competent enough at grifting. Isn't adaptable. To adapt. To a change of plans. Yeah. So he takes Hardison very strategically knowing that if he pulls this shit that he can make Hardison follow along.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also think that like I was surprised that they dragged out the Hardison drowning bit for so long because... You could see – like, Elliot is obviously putting on a front of, like – But you can see I don't him care. counting but you, in his head. Yeah. You can see that he is, like, I have X many seconds left before yeah. it's too many seconds kind of thing. And, like, I think what is interesting about that is I was expecting him at some point to pull out a, like, you know, I have to bring that guy back alive. Yeah. You know, like, otherwise, like, my contract is void kind of thing. I was expecting him to pull yeah. that card. Because I was like, well, he's got to get Hardison out of this motherfucking pool. Yeah. But the fact that he just let him stay down there, like...
0: Because he cannot allude to Moreau just how strong the emotional connection between him and Hardison is. Yeah. He cannot let... Because that is putting them at risk. Yeah, exactly. If Moreau knows just how much he cares about Hardison... Yeah. Hardison is fucked because Moreau can then use Hardison... As leverage. Against... Elliot. Yeah. So Elliot cannot give any indication. No. Which, and
1: it's almost, this is going to sound kind of horrible, but I don't really know how else to phrase it, but, like, in this instance, if Hardison had drowned, it might have been kinder than what would have happened if Elliot let on that he cared about that Hardison. Wasn't. Yeah. Like, if they had, if Moreau had allowed Hardison to live but had then tried to, had like, used Hardison if, as a way to get to Elliot, it may have been kind of to just let if him drown.
0: Elliot had blown their cover yeah. and let onto Moreau, there is no way they would have gotten out of that. Yeah, baseball. with all like, their fingers and toes. With all of their fingers, like, without being severely tortured. Like, yeah. there is no way in hell that the Morrow lets them go like he does if Elliot gives any indication that he cares for Hardison as more than a work colleague. Yeah. Like, as more than, like, this annoying middleman that he's been paid to escort in and out. Yeah. Like... Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so messy. It's so messy. And, like, even Morrow makes the point, like, you work alone. Yeah. And... Like, that was true, but actually, okay, still on Moreau, but, like, on a different scene. I think, I can't remember if I said this to you while we were just recording or, or while the episode was airing or in the interim between the two, but the fact that Elliot used to work for Moreau is shocking, but not in a, like, oh, out of the blue way. It's sh- yeah. it's shocking, but in a way that makes a lot of sense, right? What did surprise me in a way that I didn't think made a lot of sense was that Moreau didn't know who Nate was. Like, and I get that comparatively, like, Nate and his team are a small fry, but you would think that at some point, because Nate interacts
0: with the clients and stuff with his full fucking name. like, I think it's, it's actually just a testament to how well Hardison covers their tracks.
1: I mean, I suppose, but I just think that I find it surprising that at no point has moreau who clearly has his fingers in in every pie at pretty much every fucking level of crime above petty theft
0: Mm.
1: like and even in some cases just petty theft like i can't imagine that they don't have at least a vague awareness of what nate and his crew are doing because they're taking down some pretty important players they're taking down like people in relatively high positions of politics they're taking down ceos of pharmaceutical companies like these are not small fish that they're taking down. Nate himself might be a small fish, but he's preying on killer whales. And it's surprising to me that Moreau doesn't at least have an inkling of who Nate is or who Elliot is working for. Like, and so that's, you know, I said, like, there's no way that Moreau doesn't have someone keeping tabs on Elliot Spencer. But it kind of seems like maybe he doesn't because if he did, he has to know who Nate is. And like, regardless of how good Hardison is, I think it's surprising for Moreau to not know anything. And like it works quite well. Like in the scene where Nate and him are having that discussion. I love it. I think that it's a really fun energy of Nate just being a fucking little shit. Because he's, he's having fun. Yeah. like he knows that he has the upper ground here. And he is enjoying that. And I love to see him win. But. Which I can't let him say that about Nate. But it's true. But it is bizarre that he is able to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Like. Moreau should know and it's almost like they're somehow playing exclusively in his blind spot which shouldn't really
0: be possible and so yeah I don't know. I don't know for me it feels more like they've intentionally created a blind spot to play in like you know like it doesn't feel accidental. I just feel like it's very convenient and like it's television so I
1: get it but I think that when you're looking at how intricately they've baked in Elliot's Yep. emotional arc this season and then compare it to like Moreau just conveniently doesn't know who they are yep. like i feel like there is a little bit of a disparity there i probably wouldn't recognize so much how kind of loose that was if we didn't have the intricacy of elliot's yep. character right there um but like i said i do love that interaction with him and nate
0: yeah
1: i do love it though
0: to be fair I think it also does help them stay under the radar that yes Nate interacts with the clients under his real name but none of their aliases like whenever they're interacting with the marks they never use their real names not this season at least they mm-hmm. have previous seasons but like I just I just find it hard to believe
1: that it's you know that whole thing where it's like the statistics of a secret or something and it's like the yeah. more people who are involved in anything like there's basically a formula where you can figure out how long it takes till the secret like breaches containment or whatever like for me I'm like I think that they have interacted with their full fucking faces on display with enough people now that surely someone somewhere knows like and even in we're assuming that there is no one under Moreau's pay like in Interpol who works directly with Sterling, who absolutely knows who Nate is and what their team is doing and is so definitely keeping tabs on them. Like, I just think it's improbable, you know? And, like, to be fair, it's television, you know? But I just think, like, it seems odd to me that Moreau doesn't have any kind of inkling. Yeah. You know, I think it could have been a little bit more if he had been – if he had said to Nate, oh, so you're the thing – like, you've been putting that thorn in my side all year – Like, if he had made that connection himself, I think that would have felt a little bit more like... It would have made a little bit more sense to me because, like, he is clearly aware of the shit that's been happening in the last 12 months. I think that it would have made more sense, especially because they've obviously outlined he's a very intelligent person who knows exactly how every aspect of his operation is working. I think it would have made more sense for him to point out, like, oh, so you've been the stick poking my side for the last year instead of Nate having to explicitly be like i'm the stick (laughs) you know
0: give my boy hardison some more credit bethany (laughs) i'm not saying i
1: don't think hardison is good i'm just saying that there is a lot of intricacies here and there's no way no one has made a connection
0: you know give my boy hardison some more credit okay but you can't
1: just every single plot hole we come up against you can't just be like i don't know hardison did it like that's not how that works
0: that's just like a permanent. Give my boy Hardison. Hardison is an icon, and Hardison can do anything that he sets his mind to. I love him. So drop that I believe down. this,
1: but I just don't think it's probable that Moreau has no idea that this has been happening for a year. Like he's just too well connected. I don't know, man. I I just think I just think it's a little bit. It just seems it seems like a massive oversight on Moreau's part. Which just doesn't seem to fall in line with the character as he's being presented. I believe Hardison is very, very capable. I don't doubt my boy. You do doubt my boy? Well, no. I just... I, I'm i doubting that Moreau... I just think Moreau should have put those two pieces together in his own mind. You know? Because they're presenting him as if he's like... He's this almost all-knowing dude at the tippy top of the, the pyramid that is crime... But he didn't figure out that the random dude he's never seen before in his life confronting him and has all this, like, information, like, isn't maybe the same dude who's been fucking evading him for a year. Like, I don't know.
0: Maybe he just didn't want to say anything because it's, like, that same thing as, like, he didn't want to incriminate himself. If he... I mean, he'd only be incriminating
1: Nate, though. I don't know, man. Well, look, I don't know what's happening next episode. I don't know what happens with the rest of this, you know, arc. But I just I think that it would be it just seems like an oversight on Morrow's part Mm -hmm. to not have I don't know to not have kept tabs on Elliot or to not have looked further into like these things that are obviously affecting his business business Mm -hmm. and like to be as good as Morrow is to have the level of control that he does you have to have that attention to detail any little thing has the power to fuck you up like immensely
0: also like. I will say, like, with the whole not seeing Elliot, like, Elliot is very good at flying under the radar. He is wanted in so many different fucking countries, and there is a reason that he has not been caught in, like... Yeah.
1: Like, Look, I believe this, too. I do. I just... I think just, like, the personal
0: aspect of it, like... I just think he hasn't put it together the dots yet. But it's fine. We're moving on, because this is going to be a spiral. <laughs> okay. This is, I'm... No. We're not doing it. you, Dickie. So how are we feeling about the Italian? I really don't know what to think about her, if I'm being
1: totally honest. I'm very confused. <laughs> she, yeah. She, um, I still don't know who
0: she's working for. Yeah. I, I'm not sure they may have mentioned it in the episode and I just missed it. I think the only thing we get in the episode about who she's working for is like, he had moles even in my organisation.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: vague. Yeah,
1: and we get her being like, I'm mean, in deep cover, which is really funny to me because it's like, parallel to her, um to Parker telling McSweetum that she was in deep cover yeah absolutely with the Russians that's yeah. why her lips are blue because it's been cold there recently so fucking funny and so i feel like i'm not quite sure about her i did like that Nate like framed Moreau using her uh, like i did and like that again
0: you you didn't believe me i was literally just telling you the truth in the shahrazad job and you're like no I don't think that's what it could be. I don't remember
1: what you're referencing.
0: So when we get the the envelope mentioned the first time in uh-huh. there, I literally told you this is what it is. And you're like, I don't know if that's true. And I was like, okay. I don't remember what you said it was. I don't remember exactly how I phrased it. But basically, like, I was like, oh, so, like, or, like, he's lying and he has fact read it and it is... Like, mm. like, and it genuinely isn't what, and you're like, no, I think it has to be. Otherwise this dude would have just like straight up told his brother what it was. It's like, no, cause this was a file. He's scared of the people whose file it is. I don't remember this conversation in depth enough to, to
1: remember my arguments. So I can't really speak to it. I would have to go back and listen to the edit.
0: <laughs> but also it's like anti gaslighting on my part. Cause they <laughs> just like telling you the truth and like, and you were like, no, no. Oh. Couldn't be that. I think that it is
1: interesting that that was kind of the way they played it. And I do, what I do appreciate a lot about this episode is that it really shows that Nate has had a lot of cogs whirring on this in the background yeah. since Day Dot. And I do appreciate that because I, I've said a lot through the season, I'm kind of like, it. they outline this plot and then it's like they just fucking forget about it. And nothing is happening. And so I kind of enjoy that we at least get a little bit of insight to, like, oh, no, Nate's been working on this the whole time. I still do kind of wish that we as the audience got to see a little bit more of that. But I get, like, having seen this episode, I get Mm -hmm. why we didn't. Because I was right. Like, it is, like, they're doing the leverage thing where, like, they give you the bare fucking minimum information. And then at the end they do the flashback reveals as to how they actually did it. Yeah. And, like, I love that.
0: This is just the flashback reveal
1: episode. This is the flashback reveal season. Yeah. Like, literally, it's like they had individual episodes, obviously, that were individual plots, and they had their own flashbacks that were relevant to those plots. But then this whole season has been one big episode yeah. where this had the flashback reveal that yeah. shows how they did it. And, like, even, It's, like, leverage
0: within leverage. Even, like, the EMP gun. Mm, yeah, exactly. Like, where, like, okay, yeah, no, it's a piece of throwaway technology in the boost job. Yeah. Nope, super-duper fucking relevant, because that's going to be...
1: yeah. Although I don't know that you could argue it – I don't think you could use it – like, the kind of – this is why I – for this, like, season, like, we've been talking about, like, oh, me, like, trying to, like, figure out, like, yeah. where the plot is relevant and whatever. Like, I don't think that you could use that without – without the context of this episode. Yeah. There is no way that I could have said, oh, this particular gun is going to be relevant. Like, I could have – Yeah. I could have guessed it as, like, an absolute off-the-cuff thing being, like, silly. Yeah. There is no way I could have logically put that together. And so I think that's why, like, this season I've been quite frustrated with Leverage because I'm looking for a plot knowing full well that I probably can't put it together without the context. And this episode gave me the context, which is why I'm like, oh, my God, it's brilliant, right? Yeah. But I Finally, some
0: fucking context.
1: Yeah, finally, some good fucking food. (laughs) But I will still argue that I do not think you could logically put it together Mm.
0: without having these key bits of... Relevance. maybe after the ho 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 job you could go oh it's weird that they brought back that specific like yeah, the yeah the, the chaos
1: like made yeah. specific reference of it or like specifically like, stole it
0: because that's i think that's the first time like we've seen the same piece of technology in multiple episodes yeah. beyond like the standard sort of technology they use yeah like the so comms you, you could be maybe like oh why is that like Interesting that they brought it back. Interesting that we, they brought it back. Maybe it's gonna be more significant. But, but you can't then. be like, Oh yeah, no, it's because it's it's also not something that the team's working on. No. So it's like it Yeah. And it's even like um
1: you know like in the episode where Nate gives her the folder or the file like like that whole episode is about getting that information right yeah but it's also like we don't actually learn anything about the information itself and it is not brought up again until this episode yeah so it's kind of like yeah that was probably relevant but I have no idea how or why or under what context yeah so I think that it is really interesting and I feel like it does increase the Mm rewatchability of these first 14 episodes because I do think it'll be fun to go back and be like oh but like you know put the pieces together it's but the there is as, no way you can no. do it, like, logically looking at the evidence you're given and put it together the first watch through. There no. is no possible way.
0: No. And it's the same with, like, the season season two and the season two finale. It's mm. like, if you rewatch season two, you can go, oh, they mentioned police corruption in Bell Bridge. Yeah. Oh, they mentioned this. Like, oh, they... Yeah. It's like all of these little tiny, like... Blink in you'll miss moments yeah. that tie into the overarching plot. But you don't know that they're tie-ins to the overarching plot. You think they're just throwaway moments. Yeah. I also, though, would maybe argue that I don't think it can be
1: counted as foreshadowing. And my reasoning for this is that, like, be- just because they use a particular piece of tech in one episode and then that tech is relevant to the finale, I don't think that classes as foreshadowing. Like, because it's just an item that they're using. And it's, it's not like a Chekhov's gun. It's not like, oh, no. we're going to specifically put this here and make a point
0: of it. And then, you know, oh, we're going to, it'll be relevant later. Like, that's not what they're doing. They used the EMP gun as a Chekhov's gun in the bootstrap. Yeah. That is, that is a good example. It's like, they've used it once. And then you sort of like you know it's still in place so it has to go off at some point mm. and they do. They use it again to do like to deactivate the alarm so that yeah. That is a Chekhov's gun. Yeah. It's not a Chekhov's gun in this context because it's a completely different fucking episode. And the way they framed it was not
1: yeah. as like, like last, a gun in the room. The last it's, time we saw it, it got stolen by chaos. So we assume that it's actually yeah. off the board. And it's not even that they're using the gun itself, they're
0: using a similar technology to, to the gun. gun. So it's if, more like the gun is a primer so that you can understand the function. Explicitly understand the function. Yeah. And so,
1: like I, like I get them drawing on that, but I don't think you can argue that it is foreshadowing. Oh, and I wasn't
0: arguing that it was foreshadowing. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like the setups have been there all season. Mm, yeah, my, I guess my argument is like they're not setups in the ter- in the
1: sense of foreshadowing. Foreshadowing the plot. Yeah, and that is that is the kind of stuff that I have been looking for because I was looking to connect the pieces of the plot, but that's not really how it works. But it also looking even for throwaway stuff, like there is no reason that they have given us that like that piece of tech that Hardison used in that one episode is any more important than any other piece of random tech he has used in any other
0: episode. The Uh, only reason it's more important is because we see it in two episodes and not one.
1: Yeah, and even in saying that, like the ho-ho-ho job I said last week, honestly, I don't even know if I personally would count it as canon because it's just such a silly, fillery episode (laughs) that it just feels like, oh, it's a silly, fillery episode. They're just bringing this back for the sake of bringing up like a bit. You know, and like chaos steals it, and like the whole, like it, it's, it's more of like a, a gag. Oh, I wrecked your
0: van. Yeah, like, you know,
1: <laughs> like, and so it doesn't feel like it. And honestly, this could be like credit where credit's due. Like, it doesn't feel like they're reminding the audience specifically of this technology, but they are. You know, so yeah. like. I think that that's a clever use, but I still would not consider it to be, like, foreshadowing. And I, I feel like there is not much in the season that you could consider foreshadowing except for Elliot's behavior, which we've touched on. But, yeah, I think that that's maybe the only thing I can pass. To be fair, though, I would probably have to go back and rewatch the season to back myself up in this. But, like, from memory, especially as a first-time viewer... Yeah. I don't think that there is any feasible way you could understand the plot. It's like trying to do a puzzle without an actual picture of what the puzzle looks like. It's like trying to, yeah, put a piece together, a puzzle without a picture and without any edge pieces. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, and so, yeah, I think, I do think, though, that it increases the rewatchability. Yeah. I would be excited to go back and rewatch this season to try and pick the little bits, the little crumbs that they do give us, you Mm -hmm. know oh okay okay i do have a couple of of points that i wrote down before i stopped taking notes so yeah. they're from the very beginning of the episode first of all i love that we get the reveal of this episode that nate can just speak italian yeah like when did he learn this while he was in prison like, oh, he's been, oh. he been able to speak italian this entire fucking time who knows who fucking knows but second of all when Nate is speaking to the Italian woman at the very start of the episode, he, like, looks up and she has just disappeared. It's like she fully teleported. and I just think that is so fun. <laughs> it's because she's mysterious. She's mysterious. She just disappears. Um, I also think it is absolutely stupid that... Is it Atherton? Yeah that he is, like, going to these scientists and being like, you have to have this done by the deadline or whatever. And they're like, we literally can't. The woman who we needed the information from is literally dead. Also, she was our co-worker. Do you think we could have a day of personal leave to, like, grieve her death? And he's like, no. And also, you have to have this done by the deadline. And they're like, I reiterate, the
0: person whose information we needed is now literally dead. (laughs) We can't do that. I will say, though, it is... That is Atherton scrambling to cover for Moreau. Mm. That's, like, canonically, because Moreau is the one who had her killed, and now he is trying to scramble to get it finished so that Moreau doesn't kill him. Yeah. like So he's,
1: like... Yeah, which then falls back on Moreau, because he's like, no, it has to be done. I'm like, baby, you just killed the person you needed. (sighs) Like, I get that she was being inconvenient, but if they had to have it done by the next day, could they not have just killed her 24 hours later? <laughs> like, yeah, she's been asking questions for months. Like, surely yeah. 24 hours. Like, you know, and like, maybe she would have like, you know, popped the lid on her in, within that 24 hours. But if you're going to kill her, you then have to acknowledge that that may delay some stuff.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, you'd think so, but this is right Moreau. And is a douchebag. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but he's he is a thinker though. Like he's that's the point. He's supposed to be smart and I just
0: don't think he's thinking this through. You know, you gotta time your your manslaughters. Though we get murder in this episode. So mm. much murder. Which is different from all the attempted murder we seem to get on a daily basis. Yeah. Well we had two attempted murders and then we had multiple
1: actual deaths. Yeah. I don't know if we could do we technically count what Elliot did as murder? Of Chapman, I'd say yes.
0: Absolutely. No Absolutely.
1: But I feel like the others were all actively shooting him. I we, I feel like we could call that self-defense. So manslaughter. Yeah. Okay. So we get one intentional murder and numerous manslaughters. And yep. to be fair, we don't know the actual outcome of all of the other dudes. They could just be incapacitated.
0: I'm assuming We can yeah. assume dead, but we can't guarantee dead, dead you know? No. And here's the thing. I think even if... They're just incapacitated because they were all shot. Mm. Uh, and no one's going to... Like, there are no ambulances going to that one. Yeah, warehouse. they call
1: calling triple zero. I'm,
0: I'm assuming that, like, if they were shot, they're now... They bled to death. Yeah. yeah. Like, they didn't get help in time to survive their bullet wounds. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking they're probably all dead, hey? Yeah, they're probably all dead, which is... I'd say a moment of silence, but, like... They were also kind of evil, so... Yeah, and, I mean, they would have killed... Elliot. Elliot and Nate and the Italian woman. Oh, do we ever get her fucking name or is she just the Italian woman She's forever? She's just the
0: Italian woman forever. That is so
1: annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. Also, okay, I've got to ask. Mm-hmm. Is Elliot
0: Spencer Elliot's actual name? As far as... Here's the thing. With the team, the only one that we know for a certain that his actual name is his actual name is Nate Ford. Because obvious reasons. Like, yeah. he lived as Nate Ford. We meet his fucking father. Like, we know that he is Nate Ford. Like, there is no way in hell that he is not It's Nate unambiguous. Ford. Yeah. It's unambiguous. There is no way. But, like... We meet Maggie. We meet Sterling. We like, meet they Ma- all knew him before he was, you a know, criminal As yeah. Nate Ford. So we can... We can... We also meet Cora, who, like, he grew up in... Her father's bar, and like yeah, yeah. we meet the detectives who knew Nate's father. Like we can be like a hundred percent certain that Nate is Nate. Nate is Nate. Yeah. The rest of the team, like, we know for a fact Sophie is not Sophie's real name. Yeah. We can pretty heavily assume that Parker is not Parker's real name because most people are born with two names. Yeah. So even if her first or last name is Parker. It's not her full name. It's not her full name. There are some, like, thing like that. Yeah. Alec Hardison and Elliot Spencer, I think we assume they're their real names, but I don't think we ever get, like, canonical Confirmation. confirmation. So they, they could be a fake name, but it's unlikely. Yeah.
1: I was just curious, honestly. Like, I don't think that there's any discussion really to have around that. I just wanted to know because it, it seems like a, a gutsy choice to just go by yeah. your legal fucking name in that kind of business.
0: Yeah. We will learn more about Elliot's childhood, which may Ooh, okay. shed some light on that. Yeah. But that's not for a seasons. So. Ooh interesting that's is it within leverage or is it within leverage redemption so we get a little hint of it in main leverage and Uh then we get a bit more in redemption okay but look for anyone listening who has seen the episode i'm thinking of in redemption i refuse to believe that's canon i do not like that episode (laughs) i do not like what they did with elliot's character in that episode so i I see what canon has elected to do and i am choosing to ignore it because it's stupid (laughs) i
1: love that for you
0: you can come and fight me in the spoilery chats if you really want to, but I think it really undermines a key part of the main series. Um, with that out there, that's I'm, – I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Um, you will obviously get there because we're going to do redemption after we yeah. do the main series. But, yeah, we get a little bit more about Elliot, and I, I am inclined to believe that Elliot is his real name, but I don't think we get, like, canonical confirmation, confirmation. that, like, you know, Elliot Spencer is his, like, name on his birth certificate. Like, okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I look forward to being illuminated on Elliot's
0: backstory. It's a backstory. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We do need to just very briefly talk about Elliot's eye makeup in the first scene this week. He takes off, the like, the hood, the mask thing. Yeah. And he's got, like, the, the, the smudgy smudged. eyeliner look, like,
1: yeah. an Incredible. icon. Incredible. Yeah. Impeccable. Also, I don't know if my fun little joke that I made in the live reaction will make it into this cut. So I'm gonna reiterate it here just in case. But when they're like exiting the building, I was like, oh, that's gotta be the crew. That one up front is Elliot. He's got a very distinctive walk. And I was very proud of my joke. <laughs> um, and I was also right. If we do have that joke in the live reaction, I will put it here. This has gotta be the crew. That's Elliot walking ahead. He has a very distinctive walk. Yeah, fucking knew it. <laughs> The eye makeup is everything Which 7 year you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also right, and he does have a very distinctive walk. Like, if you look at the three of them exiting that building, it's very clear who is who. Like It's also just because just he's, from sh- their gate. he's short. I mean, maybe, but, like, it's about the way he walks. Yeah. I don't, like, I, I would demonstrate, but it would mean nothing because no one can yeah. see me. But it's like, you know when you're playing, like, The Sims, but, like, specifically The Sims 4, and you can choose their gates? Like, Elliot has a very specific gate, you know, I would argue that Parker also has a very specific gait. I think all of them do, but Elliot's is just a lot more pronounced. Yeah. You know, like, he holds his arms in a particular way and he walks with such, like, aggression and purpose. You know, I I don't know really how else to describe it, but it's just so distinctive and they just being able to use the word distinctive is just so funny, especially about Elliot. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, anyway. Okay, so I feel like we have sort of danced around the scene a lot. But the scene that we actually need to reflect on, because we've like briefly touched on it earlier, but the scene where Hardison forces Elliot's hand, where he forces Elliot to admit to the team that he used to work with Morrow and sort of why he's been so sketchy, why he's been so like trying to get them to not go after Morrow all season. Mm-hmm. So did you have any specific thoughts that you'd like to share about that scene? I do. Funnily enough, not in regards to
1: Elliot so much, but in regards to Hardison and Hardison's rage. This is now two season finale part ones in a row where Hardison has every right to be fucking furious with another member of the team. Last season it was Nate. This season it's Elliot. And in both instances, I feel like he hasn't been given the opportunity to actually engage with his very, like, rightful indignation. Because last season, obviously, we had Nate putting the whole team at risk and Lucille being lost to them. RIP Lucille. RIP Lucille. And Lucille 2.0, actually, while we're at it. But in this season, obviously, he actually nearly dies. And, like, we kind of, like, joked about it before with, like, you know, the pool scene and him getting out and him having the, the horrible accent again. But... Like, he very genuinely could have died in that moment or at least sustained brain damage. Like, that is very significant. And he was put in that position with no prior warning by Elliot. Elliot made a tactical decision to put him in that position. Yes. And that is fucked up. And Hardison has every right to be absolutely livid. And I don't think he gets the opportunity to express those emotions in this episode. And I hope that he does next episode.
0: But also, given Leverage's track history, I'm going to assume he doesn't.
1: Well, I also
0: think that he is, by the end of that scene, he is not angry anymore. Because he realizes that, like, as justified as his anger is, this isn't just about like Elliot keeping a secret from the team this is about Elliot's trauma relating to the work he did for Morrow.
1: just because Elliot is traumatized though does not does not excuse the, harm. the right yes
0: so I but I that's have... okay but I also think that some of Harrison's anger dissipates when he realizes
1: yes But also, I think I stand by my point, I think that Hardison has the right to be angry and I kind of hope that they actually let him be angry because this is something where, like, not only has Elliot put the team at risk, and we talked about before, like, Elliot's in a shitty position. Yeah. It's a lose-lose-lose, right? But also, he had no right to go into that scenario without giving Hardison any information and for Hardison to nearly die and for there to be no kind of follow-up on that I think is a little bit unfair on Hardison's part especially now it's two seasons in a row that they've had Hardison go through a significant upset and be mad at the other person and then just kind of get over it I just feel like that's not fair on Hardison's like Part, you know, like he has a right to be pissed. He could have died or sustained significant brain damage. He makes the point to Elliot the only reason that he managed to survive was because he pulled an extra 30 seconds out of the chair, which Elliot clearly didn't know he could do, you know. So I think that that in itself is unfortunate. I think Hardison has a right and deserves to be able to express the fact that he is angry at the other members of the team and not just get over it within like a minute of screen time, you know? Like, I feel like he is often not afforded the opportunity to be mad at other members of the team, which like, obviously like leverage is not the kind of show where they have like ongoing disputes, but also we have had ongoing disputes between like Sophie and Nate or between like Elliot and Nate even, you know? And so I feel like Hardison for some reason just doesn't seem to be allowed to be angry. And I think that that's unfortunate because I think he has had very real reason to be,
0: you know? I have nothing to add to that. I mean,
1: that's fair. You don't. You don't have to have anything to add to it. I just. I. I just. I just think that
0: he should be allowed to be mad.
1: You know, like I think
0: he has every reason to be mad, and I think it's unfortunate that it doesn't get to really be addressed. I. don't, I don't have an opinion on that. So for me, Hardison's anger is one of those things of like Hardison is probably the most emotionally volatile of the group. Um. So like he's very quick to get angry, but he's also very quick to forgive. Mm. Compared to, like, literally everyone else in the group. Like, Hardison does not hold a grudge, if that makes sense. like Oh, it makes sense. I, I just think that he should be allowed to,
1: you know? Like, I think he should be allowed to. And when I say allowed, like, I feel like I would appreciate it if the writing gave him the space to be mad sometimes. Because he's been through stuff that, like, he literally nearly died. He has, and he is clearly angry about that. And I think that, you know, yes, then we get the the arguably beautiful scene from Elliot where he is, you know, talking about how you don't know me, you don't know the things that I've done and, like, I am so ashamed and, you know, that is a fantastic scene. But then we never get to readdress the fact that Hardison is really rightfully quite pissed and it's not really brought up again that he intentionally put Hardison in that, like, position. And like you said before,
0: it's a very tactical decision and it makes sense for Elliot. And also you know that Elliot would never have let Hardison die, like you can see him counting in his head to make sure that he's not down there for too long but it's also like I don't know if Hardison necessarily knows that especially after everything that he knows about Elliot has just been turned on its head exactly and so I think that it would just be nice if we had
1: gotten to see some kind of conversation between Elliot and Hardison and maybe we'll get it next episode but I just don't think we will based on previous experience you know I just think it would be nice to have some kind of acknowledgement of, like, hey, you know I wouldn't have let you drown, right? Like, you know that the only reason I let that happen was because any other scenario, we would have both been killed, right? Like, and or at least say, like, I get that you're mad at me and you have every reason to be, but I just need you to know that there is no way I would have let you die, do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there is just no acknowledgement mm. of the fact that Hardison is pissed outside of him saying to Elliot, you have to tell them and then sitting down and that being the end of that, you know? Like, I just, it just feels very, I don't know. It's just like Hardison just is expected to get over it. And he does. And that just doesn't feel fair to the character. Like he deserves the right to, to hold a grudge. i like, you know.
0: But he's physically incapable of it. <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to hold a grudge. I don't know, man. I
1: don't know. that For me, that's what stuck out about that scene. Like, other than, like, the bits that we've already talked about, I, I just think that my poor boy Hardison, he should be allowed to be mad for more than, like, 30 seconds at a time. You know? He deserves that.
0: He's been through some shit. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's all of the points that I want to make today. Do you have anything else that you wanted to discuss? Anything you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. Okay, so what I'm going to do is now, if we haven't already inserted all of the live reactions that we had, I'm going to insert any, like, miscellaneous bits that didn't fit into the main episode right here.
1: Ooh, a convertible moment. Love that. <laughs> Look at his hair. Ah, you and Nate's hair. It's not my fault they keep making it so notable. Does Nate speak Italian? <laughs> we know if he speaks italian was i that, think he does was that half because he doesn't know what
0: you say <laughs> i feel like we see him speak italian at a different point did she just fucking teleport where did she go
1: <laughs> damn bitch move marcy this guy's fucking stupid like what part of we need her components to make it work isn't clear to you he's a dick well he's stupid it's not even about being a dick it's just being thick Sophie and Parker look incredible. It's not enough to distract me from my spiral, but they do look great. They do. Those glasses actually kind of suit Nate. Mm. Better than last time we got glasses in them. Um... Oh my god, the swimming pool is giving such BBC Sherlock energy. You <laughs> know that with Moriarty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this predates BBC blow up John. I'm pretty sure this predates BBC Sherlock. Okay, well then BBC Sherlock imitated this. <laughs> They're going to know each other. Oh, I feel like Hardison and I are sharing a brain right now.
0: Complete confusion?
1: No, but surprise. Like, I'm not shocked because it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. The surprising thing about it to me is that Elliot has such a priority on safety, and this is so important to the team's safety. It's surprising that he didn't clue them in. doesn't look anything like a fucking fish. Sophie, Sophie, babe, in what world does that look like (laughs) a fish? So how are you feeling? Well, I'm having a lot of complicated emotions. Here's the thing. Like, Elliot, first of all, this recontextualizes the whole season to be an Elliot season, and I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But second of all, like, it's interesting because it's the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't think you could feasibly... Like, I don't think it's the kind of thing that... Like, you could guess it, but I don't think that it's the kind of thing that, like, they've given you enough to actually feasibly be like, oh, yeah, that's a likely possibility. Mm. I think it's the kind of thing where you could be like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Elliot had used yeah. to work for Mariah? Like, but I don't think it's the kind of thing where you could be like, oh, yeah, they've actually given us, like...
0: Oh, yeah, there's there, the clues are all in how Elliot's acting odd yeah, yeah. or different. Like, it's about being like oh something's up with Elliot this season yeah but there's no necessary there's no specific evidence that points to this being the thing that's wrong with Elliot this Mm. season because you could just put it down to like oh they're they're just writing him different this season like Mm -hmm. because it's subtle enough that it's not like well, it's like me having that whole point about like hyper focusing on him not eating. I know. I was like, fuck, I've never even noticed that he's not eating in
1: that scene. Yeah. But also, like, yeah. That makes total sense. Like, he's anxious. Like, he's worried. Mm-hmm. He's looking at his team of people that he loves and he's thinking about the danger that he's putting them in just by implicitly being there, but also knowing that if he leaves, he is only going to leave them more vulnerable than they would be if he Mm -hmm. stayed. So, like, the safest tactic is for him to stay, but by staying, he is opening them up to a vulnerability.
0: And so it's... But also, he's so ashamed of who he is and what he's done while he was working for Moreau that he's never actually going to be able to tell them. Unless... Like, this happens where he doesn't have a choice. They really did just put so much episode in this episode. Yeah, I mean, Leverage
1: always puts a lot of episode yeah. in the episode, but this is...
0: Even by Leverage, then, it's a lot of episodes in it.
1: I can't imagine watching this live. I think this would have...
0: Killed some people? I think this would
1: have, like... I don't even know. It would have done something to some people's brain chemistry, though.
0: I feel like... Also, when this was airing, they didn't have a renewal yet. Mm. So, like... Because next next season, that season finale was meant to be the series finale. It was like by some miracle that they got renewed for the fifth season. Oh God, so, coded. Um, like, and I can see why that's why they would have, like, that it would have, even if they ended on season four, it would have been, like, yeah. it wouldn't have been a bad, like, I preferred the actual ending we got. But, like, it, it feels the, – the actual ending that we got feels more final. Yeah. But I do also understand how next season's series finale could be. Could have been it. Okay, so he does speak Italian. <laughs> but did she know that?
1: i to steal a country. <laughs> That's ambitious even for you, babes. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, enjoy that. Hopefully that was fun for you. It was very fun for us. I had a vibe watching Beth spiral this episode. But, Beth, how would you rate 315, the big bang job, out of five? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, easy. Doesn't quite top the three-card Monty job. If it wasn't for For the the
1: fucking knee slide. (laughs) The knee slide and the fact that my boy Hardison doesn't get to be mad—like those two things—are what drop it down to me. One because it's just silly, and one because I'm like, for fuck's sake, guys, let Hardison be mad. Yeah. Like just let him be angry, please God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's fair. It, I really truly enjoyed this episode. It was very very fun. I'm so glad to finally have. I'm really glad to finally have a face to put with the name. moro Yeah. I love that the face that I have in my mind is complete with a bathrobe and flip-flops, yeah. which um, I am just going to say, we're saying flip-flops for the sake of Americans. They are called thongs here. Yeah, here in <laughs> Australia it is called
0: thongs. But unfortunately bathrobe and thongs hold a different, different connotation. <laughs> connotation in America. So just be grateful that we're thinking of you. Yeah. Also, um, bathrobe and flip-flops is how a lot of the, the fandom describe him. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's a very, it, it permeates, you know? Yeah. Like, I've seen him be referred to as the bastard in flip-flops and bathrobe f- far too often. Um, I maintain Crocs would have been the only thing more iconic. <laughs> Imagine if he had the little buttons on his Crocs. <laughs> Crocs and a speeder. <laughs> but he, stinky little bastard man i'm excited we get more stinky little bastard man next episode as is probably not a surprise yeah
1: i'm not sure or
0: anything like that they literally tell us at the end of this episode exactly what they're going to do so beth how do you think this episode ties into finding Moreau? <laughs> <him? laughs>
1: well i think the fact that they found him probably is what ties into them finding more uh i also think maybe the obviously intense connection that he and Elliot have might be something to go from. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. I yeah. think, you know, I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. But I feel like maybe that's how it connects. Like, the fact that Moreau's in the episode and they have direct interactions with him, yeah. I think that could be the key. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Revolutionary.
0: Thank you. The next episode is called The San Lorenzo Job. Beth, how do you think they're going <laughs> to wrap up this season? And what do you think <laughs> The San Lorenzo Job means?
1: Okay, So, hear me out. This might be a wild fucking take. In this episode, Uh right, that we just watched, Moreau Uh gets on a plane, he goes to San Lorenzo. I think that could have something to do with the episode being called the San Lorenzo job. Again, might be pulling that out of my ass. I
0: think so. Last week in the Ho 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 job, Mm. the villain of the week is trying to escape to San Lorenzo. Oh, I didn't even fucking remember that. (laughs) <laughs> Again, it's not really foreshadowing, but it's, no. it's kind of foreshadowing in the same way they did in Season 2, where it was like, oh, well, they're mentioning, like, Bellbridge a lot. They're mentioning corrupt cops. Obviously, if bad guys are trying to escape to San Lorenzo, There's a reason for that. Yes. Well,
1: like, in this episode, they also outlined for us that there's no expeditionary, like... Extradition tradition. Extradition. Expedition? What am I saying? There's no extradition um, with any other country. So, like, obviously, that is why he wants to go there. So, you know, that makes sense. And honestly, at the end of this episode, I was really hoping Nate was going to be like, let's go steal San Lorenzo. And then he didn't. And I was kind (laughs) of bummed. So I really hope we get that next episode because that would be so funny. Oh, one thing I didn't mention. I do love... First of all, we kind of talked about it, but not really. I loved Nate being a cocky little shit when he's talking to Moreau and, like, doing, like, his little monologue and refusing to answer when Moreau's getting more and more annoyed and, like, Who are you? I love the fact
0: that he makes a phone call in the middle. I know! A-
1: he literally is like, hang on a minute, I'm going to take this. It's so iconic and I love it. And also it. we get banana back. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. And... Also, the moment where Nate is like, oh, perfect. No one knows who their local, like, um, MPs are. And right. I was like, that's genius, actually. <laughs> You're right.
0: You're 100% correct. <laughs> no one knows who their congressmen are. Like, yeah,
1: no one fucking knows. So I did think that was iconic. also love the description
0: of Sophie's character as, no, she's an angry ex-school teacher with subpoena powers. Yeah. Iconic. Like, yeah, so good. Anyway, if you want to find us at, or we can find us on, you can find us on, yeah. that's new. Thanks. Um, <laughs> it's the latest social media platform. Uh, watch out for it. Okay. Well, I think that you don't have any other thoughts about how they're going to tie up the end of the season next week in the San Lorenzo job. You just, I don't think you're just so. here. you vibing. It's I'm probably going to occur in San Lorenzo. As oh, is.
1: oh. Wait. Is okay. San Lorenzo is international. Yeah. Are we going to get Sterling? Is Interpol going to be involved? I would love that. Nothing would make me happier than to see Mark Shepard. <laughs> I really hope that happens. I really, really hope that happens because that would be okay. Actually, here we go. I'm just have to. Okay. A thought. I've just had yeah, a I'm so sorry. This episode's going to be really long, but and, um, okay. I would like. Obviously, San Lorenzo International means Interpol could be involved, which means we could get Sterling. However, it's an American show, so they're gonna in like they're gonna use American like procedural, you know, yeah. things. I would really, really love if. He ends up being arrested on U.S. soil by the FBI, and Taggart and Mick Sweeten are the ones who get to arrest. I that would just make my entire day. That would be so great if we get Sterling being the one who helps them take him down, followed by an arrest made by Mick Sweeten and Taggart. I that would make me so happy, so fucking happy. That would be just. The cherry on top. Because the number of fucking arrests that those two have taken credit for. (laughs) That the team have orchestrated. This would be the, like, the creme de la croix. Like, do you know what I mean? This would be just the pinnacle of that. You could not best it. It would be hilarious. And also, I just really like Mark Shepard. And this is the perfect point for them to introduce him. Because they've made a point of him working for Interpol. We haven't really had him this season, so I would love that. Okay. That's 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 not really my prediction, although it is totally possible. It's just what I really want. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm no comment obviously. Okay.
1: Yes, obviously.
0: If you want to find us anywhere else other than listening to us ramble for like an hour every week, you can find us on various social media platforms including Twitter, Tumblr, Discord, Eventually, we'll probably have a TikTok up and running. I don't know when that's happening, but eventually we'll we'll do something with that. But thank you so much for listening. If you want to interact with us at all, you can find all of those links in the link tree below. And suggested conversation topics include any possibly more iconic outfits from Moreau. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. a style
1: icon, Damien Moreau. What are we thinking? You know? Yeah. I'm thinking of Bunnings hat, like a bucket hat, Mm -hmm. but specifically Bunnings branded. You know the one.
0: (laughs) I'm thinking fully nude except for a kiss the cook apron.
1: <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> with the bunnings hat, obviously. Yeah, with the, obviously, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and some tongs just to round it out. I I just <laughs> He and Elliot actually met in culinary school.
0: <laughs> I wanna know what your like headcanon timeline is for like sort of Elliot's professional journey yeah. from working for Moreau to leverage crew team member. Because like, I, I think, yeah, I don't think we actually get any canonical confirmation of exactly sort of what the timeline was, but I think it would be interesting to see how everyone else has sort of interpreted the vague information that we've gotten. Mm, I would also be interested in that.
1: Okay, the other thing that I would like to know is, did anyone else, like, did any, now that I kind of know, like, obviously, like, the wrap up, and by next week before this episode airs, I will know how the season ends, so you don't have to worry about spoilers, but, like... Did anyone at all put together like figure any of this out before this episode? Like did anyone at any point in this season go, "Oh my god, Elliot worked for Moreau." Like yeah. if you did on your first watch through, obviously not like once you've been able to go back with context. Please tell me at what point you figured it out because I genuinely am
0: interested to see if anyone did. And, and not- for the record, I did not work it out before this episode. Like
1: yeah, and not in a way of, like, oh, haha, wouldn't it be so funny if, but, like, in a genuine, like, oh, there was a moment where they did something that was intentional that you picked up on, that you were like, oh, I think that this provides evidence that Elliot worked for Moreau. Like, I would really like to know out of genuine interest.
0: And, like, to be fair, mind you, all season I've been laughing very, very hard because Beth keeps on going, what if the Italian's working for Moreau? What if... What- what if the Italian is working for Moreau? I, I really think the Italian is working for Moreau. I, well, I thought she I, could be in the his Italian inner is, The Italian is working for Moreau. Mm. As, like, even if she's working for Moreau undercover, she's still working for Moreau. Yeah. But also, Elliot's right there. I know. Because, like,
1: the thing is, now that I know it, I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, like, that makes a lot of sense.
0: It's just that I wouldn't have picked it without being told. So, like, I no. just and there are so many moments in this season that I wanted to point out as like, oh, mm. this is ele- evidence for the plot twist. But if I pointed out all the evidence for the plot twist, mm-hmm. that's not allowing Beth to find out in Organically, her own time. Like, yeah. it's like if I point this out, then Beth's gonna read into it. Exactly. And like the moment that Elliot just used his, like,
1: the moment that they asked him, "and who are you?" and Elliot yeah. paused. I was like, oh. And then he gave them his real name, and I was like, oh, fuck. And that's when everything clicked into place. Like, and that is the only it, context I needed.
0: We did talk briefly in this episode about is Elliot his real name or not. It doesn't really matter if Elliot's his real name or not. Elliot is the name that he uses. Yeah, it's the name that people recognize him by. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless of whether it's the name on his birth certificate or not, that doesn't really matter. What matters is that is the name that he uses on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And if that name is connected to criminal activity, he, like yeah, he would have to rebrand to get away from it. <laughs> I love the concept of a criminal rebrand. That's so fun. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening to us today. We have had a lot of fun talking about the Big Bang job. Please join us again next week for the San Lorenzo job. I am so excited for one specific scene in that and i think that's going to have a lot of fun so (laughs) please please join us again then thank you so much for your time today this evening tonight midday morning i don't know breakfast lunchtime eleven eleven elevensies second breakfast yeah 3 a.m 4 a.m who knows when you listen to us (laughs) we had a lot of fun recording this hopefully you had a lot of fun listening bye bye
1: Also, I'm very sorry if I was bumming you out. I really wasn't meaning to, but I kind of get the vibe that maybe I was. But, like, I just want my boy Hardison to be able to have his emotions. I want him to be able to feel his fucking feelings for, like, one second. And they don't let him. (laughs) It makes me sad. But I'm not trying to attack your favorite Blobo show. I just, I'm sad because they're also some of my Blobos now. And I just want them to have happiness. And Hardison doesn't get to express his emotion, which means he's not allowed to fulfill his happiness, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Did you breathe it all through that? No.